Welcome to the Church Brand Guide Podcast. My name is Michael Persad. This is the podcast where we want to serve you as your virtual communications director to provide clear communication strategy because we believe that confusion is the enemy of your vision. My hope is that this podcast is a help to you. There are three ways you can support this podcast. One is to subscribe. Second is to share it so other people can be helped by it. And the third way is to leave a review. Alignment is a key to churches that are growing and that are seeing new things happen and have an excitement and momentum happening. It's really because they have alignment with their vision. So all the way from the the pastor to uh, the volunteers to the people that are coming for the first time, there's an alignment um, of what they're trying to create uh, ultimately. So, so we have a grid, a tool that we use to help churches that we work with uh, discover what this might look like. And honestly, when, when we work with churches to help them create a brand, we're not trying to create something for them. We are just taking what's already there and putting it into a framework that makes it uh, understandable. So communication is a key. Clarity is what people are looking for. When people are able to be clear about who you are and what you provide and what the next steps are, that's when they can decide to stick around. But most churches aren't clear. There's a lot of different options, and we think that's good, but options paralyze. People don't like a lot of options. It's not naturally uh, something that we gravitate towards. So we want to provide a path. So good brands, great brands that are out there, whether it's in the marketplace or churches that are doing well, great brands create a path and there's an alignment. Everything points to it, uh, to the path. And uh, it really starts by asking the question, um, if somebody showed up at our door on our front steps for the first time on a weekend service, what is the end result that we want for them? And then what are the steps that are going to help them get there? And we suggest that there are four steps. So four steps. The first part is the God step. Like, what does that look like? Second part of it is some sort of connection with other people. The third part of it is a, a purpose step, like helping people find a purpose or a discipleship. And then the fourth step is to help people start to make a difference uh, with their lives. So these are four cornerstones that great churches all have figured out where they're pointing people to their next steps. And it starts with, with the God uh, step. So one church does it, says it like this. They, they use the word connect because they believe that connection is a key towards uh, everything around that church. So they say it like this. Connect to God, connect to each other, connect to purpose, and connect to service. So th- those are the four pillars that they, they have in place. And that's the purpose that they have for people to go through as they come and in, in, are introduced to the church for the, for the first time. Um, ARC churches or Church of the Highlands, uh, ARC is a network of churches that we've worked with several churches in. Um, they've got four, and it sounds like this. The first one is know God, then find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. And we've seen that work extremely well, extremely well uh, for many, many churches uh, as ARC has been putting that out there as a, a possible option for churches to use. 
So you just want to have that, um, that next step, that path that you have for people and create alignment within your organization so that there's a clear next step that everybody understands from the stage to the back row. Everybody understands what it is. You can announce it. You could put it up in your lobby. Um, your kids ministry knows about it and can help people take next steps as well as the people that are working in the coffee bar. They can help people take next steps because everybody in the culture of the church just knows that's what we do around here. And another key is to develop a way of saying it. It's, it's a way of saying it that develops a language. And language is what creates a culture, and culture is what creates momentum, and great churches have momentum. It all starts with this alignment. What's the end result we want for people? How, how do we create the steps? And then how do we create a language where we all say the same things, and we all mean the same things, uh, and we all help, help um, that new guest to take their next steps with clarity? So that, that's going to be one of our topics today. In fact, we're going to be talking about alignment with a guest um, and he's going to share with, with us some of the things that he does in coaching churches. Uh, that's what he is. He's a, he's a coach for churches and pastors, and he's going to be talking about this idea of alignment. And uh, I thought it was a great topic for us to hit on because it's such a powerful thing in the marketplace. When, when we look at brands like Apple Computers, Nike, um, all the big brands, Walmart, all the big brands that are out there, Amazon, there's a path that they want people to go down. And um, whether you skip steps, that's okay. But at least they have a defined path. They're like, here's how you get introduced to us. Here's how you could take a first step. Um, and then here's how you become a member or here's how you buy our product. Something along those lines. And churches that do this well, uh, you're not buying a product. You're, you're buying into an idea, an identity that, of course, we know is about Jesus and God and all those things. But um, we just want some clear steps that we can provide for people. So with that being said, we're going to jump into our podcast episode today where we're going to be talking about alignment with John Opaluski. Hey everyone, welcome to the Church Brand Guide podcast. This is Michael Persaud and uh, today we're going to be talking about this idea of creating alignment in your church and uh, how, how uh, powerful that can be to really help you uh, make progress with your vision that God has given you. And uh, on our podcast today is uh, John with Converge Coaching. And uh, John, you're going to have to help me real quick with your, your last name pronunciation. Can you, can you Welcome to the podcast, by the way. First of all, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Michael. Good to be here. And my last name is pronounced Opaluski. Opaluski. Awesome. I got it now. So Converge Coaching is a, um, it's basically a consultant uh, company that goes in and, and works with churches. We, we met John not too long ago, and uh, we were just talking about some things about what he does with churches when he goes in, and I was, I was like, wow, this is great stuff that we need to share with our podcast audience. So John, can you, um, can you just tell the audience a little bit about who you are? Sure. Uh, Michael, I'm a husband, a father of four boys, one granddaughter. Uh, with another granddaughter on the way. Uh, I uh, Essentially what I do is I journey alongside pastors and churches as a guide uh, to help them reach their full potential, both on a personal level and on a professional level. We, uh, we use three primary ways to join a leader's journey, uh, organizational consulting, one-on-one -on -one mentoring, and leader huddles. Excellent. And tell us a little bit about your background as well, because you have a unique background that mixes the church world and the business world. Right. So 
I spent 16 years uh, in pastoral ministry spanning three distinct roles, a student ministries pastor, a multi-site campus pastor, and then a lead pastor. And in addition to that, I spent 20 years in the marketplace, uh, primarily in information technology, with a good chunk of those years leading engineering teams. Yeah. So when I when I talk with you and we talk about your company and what you do, um, I, I feel that like that comes through that that IT engineering background mixed with the pastoral background. Um, I thought it was a really neat combination, and and I feel like our audience will kind of get a feel for that as well. And I'm sure your clients that you consult with uh, benefit a great deal uh, from that perspective. You know that joint perspective. So we're talking about alignment today and, and creating this idea of alignment within an organization. And it's not just a, it's a business idea and it's a church idea. Like it's, it's, it works in both areas. Like both areas need to have alignment. Um, so John, why don't you unpack this idea of alignment? What do you mean when you, when you talk about alignment? Well, when I talk about alignment, we're, we're talking about alignment in some key areas. And I think we're going to talk about that maybe a little bit later in the, in the podcast. But, but just from a high level, the more aligned you are personally and organizationally, the healthier you become. And the healthier you become, the greater the potential is for growth. And uh, the more prepared you are to handle growth. Not everybody is prepared, uh, believe it or not, to handle success. Sometimes success is harder to handle than, than uh, difficult stretches in your life. So the more prepared you are for growth, the more you and your organization can expand without it crushing you or your church. So in the end, alignment really frees you to reach your full potential on a personal level, but also uh, on an organizational level. So that's the 100,000 foot view of alignment. And I think we're going to give you some more uh, details a little bit later in the, in the podcast about the seven areas of alignment that we uh, work with the church. Yeah, so alignment creates health is uh, what, what I'm hearing from you. It creates yes. a healthy, uh, not only uh, organizationally, but also personally. Mm-hmm. And, and um, just a little side note, I think, John, you, you went through an, a time where you were in ministry and things went off the rails for you. Um, can you share just a little bit about that time? Yeah, I certainly can. I was a lead pastor of a church here in Michigan, and um, the church was experiencing it's a best year of our tenure on multiple levels. And uh, so from the outside, everything was going great. But on the inside, uh, I was an emotional wreck. And I was uh, heading toward uh, an experience with major depression that I never uh, signed up for. I never thought would happen to me. But it was, uh, it was uh, a tremendously difficult season of my life. And uh, what had happened was the organization was getting healthier, but I wasn't. And uh, what I learned is that the organization will get, can get healthier if you're not, but only for a while, and it will catch up to you. So the, the, the danger is you can be having a lot of success organizationally, but if you're not learning how to care for yourself uh, personally and, and take ownership of that part of your life, sooner or later, success will catch up to you and uh, hopefully you don't have to go through what I went through. Um, but in one way, shape or form, y- your organization will never truly uh, be able to outgrow you as a leader. 
So you have a lot of empathy with the pastors that are out there. You've been there. You've done that. Um, you understand probably even more than um, some pastors that are out there uh, about the ups and the downs of, um, so you, you serve as a guide and uh, I feel like the seven step process that you have um, is able to come from a place, not just of theory, but of like, you've experienced this and right. you're able to guide people through it. So what are some signs when a church needs to consider or a leader needs to consider changing their approach? Uh, there's a Michael, there's a lot of signs, but I, I think there are five key signs uh, to that. One is when they're more concerned or they're spending more resources trying to keep people than they are trying to reach people. Uh, that is uh, where your money is going will tell you a lot about how healthy you are. Uh, that being said, uh, another sign is people are leaving as fast as they are arriving. So churches that are finding guest retention difficult, that, that's a sign. You know, the average uh, guest retention rate for churches in the United States is about 10%. And uh, so if you're, if you're lower than 10%, you know, you know there's something that you need to change, adjust, something's not working. Um, another sign would be what I call stress fractures. And let me explain that to you. Um, some stress fractures are burnout and or depression on your staff. Uh, that would be a sign that something is, is, is out of alignment. Um, a revolving door on your team. If you, if you can't retain talent uh, and retain staff and you've got staff that are leaving all the time, that's a signal that there are stress fractures in your organization. Um, I think another one would be, another sign would be low morale. And uh, by that, I mean that there's a lack of organizational energy and momentum. Uh, and you can feel that when, when I go into a church, it doesn't take me very long to figure out if, there, if there's energy in that place or not. Uh, and uh, if I can figure that out in 10 minutes, uh, most of the people who come to your church can feel that as well. And then the last one is uh, something a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine said to me, he's from Montana, and he owns a couple of horses. And uh, he says, John, uh, I'm feeding a horse that nobody's riding. And I asked him, could I steal that? Because, you know, when churches are supporting programs with people and financial resources that aren't moving the ball down the field for their church, they're feeding a horse that nobody's riding. And so those would be five things, five signs to me that say, boy, we need, we need to consider adjusting how we're doing what we're doing. So tell us how um, you've helped somebody turn this around. Like what's, what's a, what does, what does it look like for somebody to go or a church or a leader to go from this place of, you know, where they're not being successful. Um, what does it look like for them to, to get it right? So uh, I'll tell you a story about a church here in Michigan. Uh, yeah, they're in the Northern part of our, our state. And when they inv invited us to come alongside of them, uh, they were averaging about 300 people on Sundays, which is a, a pretty good-sized church for northern Michigan. But they were experiencing two major problems. First, uh, people were leaving as fast as they were arriving. So the front door and the back door were equally wide open. Um, and the second one, and more troubling, was this, that the, the pastor and his wife were significantly stressed. And they, they were ready to, to quit. They, they were ready to say, I, I can't do this anymore. So they invited us alongside. 
We assessed the environment, uh, discovered some of the key areas where they were out of alignment. And then we went on a one-year alignment journey with them. And at the end of that one-year engagement, two really awesome things happened. Uh, first and most importantly to me, the, the pastor and his wife were less stressed and they didn't want to leave the church anymore. So that was the huge win. Secondly, the back door had become very narrow. And that church after a year was running 500 uh, after journeying with us for 12 months. And today, a couple of years down the road now from that experience, they're, they're pushing 800 on a weekend. And uh, so it was a great success story for us. But the, again, the piece, the two pieces that were most exciting, but the first one was the most, was uh, that pastor and his wife being in a healthier spot and uh, much more happy with the roles that they were uh, serving in. And then the church just took off. Excellent. A lot of times we, um, uh, we see that a church just needs, or a leader just needs an outside perspective to help them get through uh, whatever it is or get around or achieve whatever it might be that they're trying to do. And uh, even our, in our world, you know, we create logos and websites and different things like that. But it's nice to have that outside perspective that, that voice that just takes a look at your, your, your stuff in a different light and just helps you uh, walk through that, guide, guide you through that. Is your church the best kept secret in town? Would you like to change that? Companies use branding and marketing to attract people. They turn strangers into customers. I've seen that churches that use marketing principles are able to build awareness so that more people show up on the weekends. Greater life change is able to take place as a result of people showing up. They become part of something greater than themselves. As they discover their purpose, their life truly makes a difference. There are five key areas of marketing that I want to help you understand. And I've created some, a video series that's free to help you do that. The first area is strategy. A church needs to have a great strategy. And I'll show you what a great one looks like for most churches. The second area is website. The website truly is the front door to your church. People check you out there first before anything else. I'll show you how to get one right so that it invites people on a regular basis. The third is your branding. Uh, it's your logo, your colors, your fonts. We wanna make sure we get that right so it's in line with your vision. The fourth area is your events. We need to make sure your events are presented well so people show up and not only that, they stick around. They come back after the event is over. And, and the fifth is you need to have a roadmap. You need to have something, a step-by-step -step guide. And I, I wanna provide you with some customizable downloads so that you're able to create a strategy for your church that's custom for your church. So I created this series because I believe it will be a game changer for your outreach. You'll be able to reach more people as, re as a result of applying these five, these five things that I'm talking about. Get the five-step church marketing makeover video series. It's free. Just go to churchbrandguide.com and you can jump in. You mentioned that you have a, a journey. Um, what, are, what are some of the keys to that journey that, that creates that healthy alignment? So we, we believe there are seven uh, pieces to alignment. And it starts, the first one is a clear, compelling 
mouth-watering vision of a preferable organizational future. That's the baseline. Uh, the second one is a practical strategy or map to achieve that vision. Uh, the third piece are core values uh, that serve, and the way that we characterize core values is this way, that they are organizational rumble strips. They are, you know, if you've been on a freeway and you get, you veer off the freeway and you hit the rumble strip, a couple of things happen. You immediately adjust and it, it scares you a little bit. It, it jars you, but you immediately adjust and get back in the lane you're supposed to be in. And core values are essentially that. They are behavioral rumble strips. Mm. And that's the third piece of the alignment journey. Uh, the fourth piece are measured wins that align with the vision the church has uh, created. Um, fifth is team alignment. And by team alignment, there's a lot I could say about that, Michael, but basically is having people serving and working and leading in their wheelhouse. Um, part of a problem with alignment with some churches is they have people who are good people, but they're in the wrong roles. They're square pegs in round holes. And it creates, uh, uh, it, it creates misalignment. So we work with them on that piece. Uh, and the last two pieces of the alignment journey are building and shaping a culture that will support and fuel the vision. Um, you can have a great vision, a great strategy, but if you have a culture that's toxic, culture is going to win. And uh, so we talk about how do we, what kind of culture do we want? And then we give a, a, a great uh, way for them to figure out how to shape that. And then the last piece of the journey is making sure that the weekend gatherings increase. And I, I, this is a term you might not have heard before. I just heard this term. It's not my term, full disclosure, right? Um, but I heard it and I thought it was so good. Uh, weekend gatherings that increase the invitability of a church's primary target audience. Mm. And, I, and I love that. Uh, making sure that what we do on Sundays or on the weekends when we have our gatherings actually aligns with the target audience we're trying to reach. So that's in a nutshell. That's the seven-part alignment journey that we take church on. Wow. Um, so we, we try to, on a marketing perspective, uh, when we help uh, a, a church in, in some way, alignments, it's a big deal. It's, like a, big, it's a big idea. And, and basically, if you're saying something on your website, it just needs to be genuine to what you believe or what your values are. Or, you know, what, what are those core things? So, you, you know, you're working through a lot of the core issues that churches need to figure out. And I think one of the things you mentioned, too, was a, a roadmap or a playbook um, mm -hmm. that you develop, help them develop for, um, yep. for the, their values, for the vision that God has given them. And then um, with that documented uh, playbook, it's nice because, you know, drift happens, you know, over time. Yes you kind of drift this way or that way. So now you have a playbook that you can, you can go back to and hit reset and stay the course. Um, and, and man, I, I bet you that's uh, just an extremely powerful way to do that. We, we try to do that as well on a, on a marketing side. Um, so on a church health side, um, I'm sure that's going to provide a lot of value for, for pastors that you work with. Um, what is one thing that you can tell a church right now? So they've been listening to you speak and talk about alignment 
and maybe somebody's out there saying, oh, yeah, we could probably use some of that, uh, some alignment uh, in, in our organization. Do you have any tips of maybe one thing that they could try right away that can help them out? Well, I, I, I'll give them one tip. I actually have two things in mind. Um, okay. the, the first tip is, is really, if you want to work on one thing to really see uh, some momentum, forward mo momentum, it would be uh, making sure that, there, that you have a high level of invitability to your Sunday or your weekend experience. Um, most churches grow because people invite their friends to come uh, to the church. Uh, and if what's happening on Sunday doesn't give your members or attendees confidence that it's a good Sunday, that every Sunday is a good Sunday to invite somebody, um, they're not gonna invite their friends. So if you wanted to work on one thing, right away that doesn't preclude all this other stuff we talked about but if you wanted to get some a quick set of wins uh that would be something i would highly encourage you to do the second tip is is uh, this i and i'll just tell a, a little story i used to live up near lake michigan and uh every morning i would drive down this beautiful hill and there was the aqua marine waters of lake michigan and uh, the first three months we lived up there, every morning I would see that first thing in the morning and it was beautiful and it was awe-inspiring. But something happened that after three months, I started not to notice the water anymore. It, I had become, my eyes had become tired, so to speak. And uh, you know, after five months, I, it didn't do the same thing for me. I, I, I got, uh, my eyes got tired. and. Uh, and so same thing happens with churches is when you're in the middle of it uh, over a period of time, there are things that are obvious to somebody who's an outsider that you don't see anymore. And so I think the second tip, and, and I think it's really important, is find a fresh set of eyes. Bring in somebody with a fresh set of eyes that will help you identify where you're misaligned and start taking that alignment journey sooner rather than later. Really good. Yeah, thanks for sharing. That's uh, that's so true in every area where you just kind of get used to what you have, and it takes a reset or a fresh set of eyes uh, to to get back on track. One of the things we love to do on the podcast is um, just take an audience question and present it to our guest. Um, so over uh, our social media, or maybe an email reply, or maybe a comment on YouTube on one of our videos, we get we get some questions or even just some ideas that we want to just present to our guests. So, uh, John, for you today, uh, I have a question about how do you lead a multi-generational church? So I think there's a lot of pastors out there that have a great desire to reach, uh, you know, young people, middle-aged people, and seniors, and they want them all in their church. And I think that's great. Um, so on a marketing perspective, like, that's really good. Like, sometimes people get the wrong idea about what, what, what we try to do with a target audience or an idea of a target audience. But John, can you speak into that? How, how do you lead a multi-generational church? Well, uh, here's what m my clients who are doing a good job of that tell me, and here's what I've been able to observe. Uh, and, and I'm going to give you, I think I'm going to give you seven or more things here, but I'm going to give them to you pretty quick, okay? Uh, first, make sure you surround yourself with a multi-generational staff. 
You know, if, if there's no way to have a multi-generational church if you only have one generation at the leadership table represented. Uh, secondly, um, you have to be yourself. And here's what I mean by that. You know, own being a part of only one generation and don't do your imitation of what you think the other generation might want you to be. So if you're 50, act like you're 50. You know, don't act like you're 25. Because if you're 50 and you try to act like you're 25, you won't reach either generation. Um, uh, third, uh, this idea of multi-generational has to be driven and verbalized on every level in the organization, from the pulpit uh, to the board meetings to next-gen ministries. The entirety of the leadership has to emphasize it as part of their DNA. Um, number four, and this seems really practical, you must be a willing listener to the younger generation. Um, you know, not just hearing, but seeing their point of view. And here's a big deal for those of us that are a little bit older. We have to accept the fact that they know stuff we don't know. Uh, number five, we must be releasers of the next generation. And, and, and to do that, you have to champion them, give them important things to do, and get out of their way, and don't demand perfection from them. Uh, you, you can demand practice, but not perfection. Number six, uh, if you want to lead a multi-generational church, you're going to have to be willing to take some hits from the older generation. Uh, you know, making room for the younger generation means the older generation is going to be uncomfortable, probably. And that can produce pressure on you as a leader. And you just have to be willing. If you really want to do this, you have to be willing to take some hits. And then seventh, uh, spend time with the younger crowd. Um, that, that can't be understated. And, and figuring out how they like to communicate. I've learned they don't like to communicate over the phone. You know, they, um, we don't use email. We don't use Facebook with them. We text to the younger crowd because that's how they like to communicate. A couple of thoughts to the older generation, if, if that's okay, Michael, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, is, is, I think if you want to lead a multi-generational church, some of your communication to the older generation has to be, look, Remind them that at one time they were the ones who were pushing the envelope and then needed older folks to make room for them. And now they get the chance to do the same thing to somebody who's younger. Uh, secondly, assure them that the church isn't changing to remove them, but the church is changing to reach their kids and their grandkids' generation as well as their generation. Um, I'm, I'm a grandfather. You know, if you're telling me that you're what you're doing is part of what you're doing is you want to reach my granddaughter. That is going to tap something in me that that's special. Um, a couple of other practical things. I would encourage pastors to do things for the older group, you know, that are separate from the younger generation. You know, our, our home church does lunch with the pastors. And so we have 100, 125 of our, our elderly uh, uh, congregate members of our congregation once I think it's once a month or once a quarter, get, a, get lunch uh, with the pastors at our church. And it's just an amazing, amazing time. And then that really feeds into the last thing. And that's just spending time with the older crowd. The older crowd doesn't like to text. You know, they don't like Instagram. Um, they would prefer a phone call uh, from you or email. So those are my thoughts on it. It's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's not a simple thing to do. But those are just some things I think that will get you started in a good direction.
Yeah, I once heard a coach, uh, older coach, he's probably 70 years old, college football coach, and uh, he got asked a question by a reporter. Um, he said, hey, coach, uh, you got all these young kids, they're 19 years old coming in. Why, why do they want to play for you? Like, why do, why do you, you know? So uh, the coach looked back at the reporter and he said, hey, if they want to be great, then we'll get along just fine. And so I, I find like the idea of, um, in, on a marketing sense, like when, when we talk about reaching multi-generations or multi-ethnicities, you know, every pastor desires that they would have a church that is a, just a, a mix of all kinds of people in it. Um, and really, uh, the key is a, it's a mindset. You know, can you, can you tap into a mindset? Can you, can you tap into, I think everyone wants purpose. Can, can you help yeah. people find purpose? It doesn't matter if you're, again, 70 or, uh, or 17. Like you want to find purpose in your life and, and you want to make a difference in the, in the lives of others. Yeah. So, John, thanks for sharing your, uh, your tips. That was, that was a plethora of um, great things. Thanks for bringing that um, and everything that you've, you've said so far on the, on the podcast. Where can people connect with you if they want to reach out and just see what you're up to? The easiest way, uh, Michael, is for them to go to convergecoach.com. Our, our website, and that's a great way for them to start the, the conversation with us. As a matter of fact, uh, we're going to be offering to the first 20 leaders to sign up free 30-minute consultations with us, just an opportunity for us to get to know them and for them to get to know us and maybe uh, listen to some of the challenges that they're facing. That's the best way uh, for them to uh, connect to us. Excellent. So that's a free consultation where basically you can hang out with John and, and uh, be able to just talk about your church uh, or just your, your role as a, as a pastor in your church. And um, that's really great. Thanks, John, for making that, that uh, available. It's our pleasure to do it. Well, that concludes our podcast today about uh, just getting alignment in your organization. Um, John was uh, great and helped us understand uh, uh, several things about this idea of alignment and being healthy as a result of it. So, John, thanks for coming on the podcast. Michael, thank you for the invitation. I enjoyed it. Thanks, John, for providing an amazing bit of insight. Uh, you were super generous with your knowledge uh, with the audience. I uh, just want to take a moment to explain what Church Brain Guide is in case you're new to the program. Church Brain Guide is a way that we serve church leaders, communicators with um, clear communication strategy so that you can communicate well, because we believe that uh, confusion is the enemy of your vision. We've seen over over the years that churches that are clear in their communication are the, are the churches that are able to grow and to scale. There's a lot of different factors going on, but communication is a very key component that we've seen um, that, that has really helped churches. And uh, that's our passion. That's why we started Church Brand Guide. That's why I'm doing this podcast and I have the blog, the website with all the different resources that you can download um, for free. And it's, it's the reason why we do what we do um, is to help churches communicate better because we want to see more lives changed. Uh, we started as an agency. Um, Persad Creative is the name of the agency that, that we have. It's, we still serve churches with uh, creating websites or, or, or logos and brands. But um, the Church Brand Guide is just a way for us to, instead of working one-on-one, -on -one, uh, to present the information and the strategies that we do one-on-one, -on -one, but to do it in a much broader sense to where everyone in the audience, you that are listening, can begin to understand what we do, um, where people are, you know, are paying for our services. So 
uh, that's the hope. And uh, John mentioned Prasad Creative a couple times. Uh, we have worked with him, and he's it really enjoyed our process. And uh, it's been a really uh, great, great thing to launch his new website at convergecoach.com, uh, like he mentioned earlier. Uh, it's a great website and really supports the vision that God has given him as a as a coach and a mentor for churches. And it's, it's just what we do. I just want to take a moment to explain what that was, because he mentioned Persat Creative in the uh, in the podcast. So Persat Creative is our service that we provide. Uh, that's kind of the name of what we, of how we do that. Uh, church Brand Guide is what you're listening to, and that's our free platform that we want to put out there to help churches and to serve church leaders, so that you can have clear communication strategy. Uh, so you're not confusing people, and you're seeing more people come to your church and more lives transform. That's that's our passion. It's our hope. It's our prayer uh, for 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 what we're doing. That that God would allow it to be used in 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 that way. So um, thanks for joining me. My name is Michael Persad. You're listening to the Church Brand Guide podcast. I'll see you next time. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.